0: turn to scripture this morning. And if you have either your phones or your Bibles, uh, turn to Deuteronomy chapter 7. Again, it's kickoff Sunday, 2020. It's great to be together. Uh, Gathering together is one of the things that defines us. And as a community, you know, as a community of faith, gathering defines us. Um, The virus has added challenges to us gathering together. Um, We've been creative in trying to continue to meet, whether it's in person or online or even outside in the smoke like today. There's always a challenge, but we've been creative in wanting just to stay connected to one another. Um, The passage for this morning comes from Deuteronomy chapter 7, uh, verses 6 to 9 for thousands of years God has been bringing his people together in moments just like this setting them apart for a purpose and this is a holy gathering and the passage for this morning it's a foundational passage for how God views his people Um, we've asked Shiloh Hills to read scripture so Shiloh if you can make your way on up to the berm podium thing right over there I'm gonna ask if you're able to please stand and face where Shiloh is going to be reading from. And we stand because we believe this is the word of God. And so, Shiloh, whenever you are ready, please read from Deuteronomy 7, verses 6 to 9.
1: For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth to be his people, his treasured possession. The Lord did not set his affection on you, and choose you because you were more numerous than other peoples. For you, for you were the fewest of all peoples, but it was because the Lord loved you, and kept the oath he swore to your ancestors, that he brought you out with a mighty hand, and redeemed you from the land of slavery, from the power of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, no, no. There is God. He is the faithful God, keeping His covenant love to a, those san, generations of those who love Him and keep His commandments.
0: Shiloh, thank you so much. Great
2: job. You may have a seat. So, uh, superheroes are a pretty big deal these days. Um, I'm a huge superhero fan. Um, Superheroes—they started out in the comics a long time ago at this point, Um, but have since moved on to television and cinema and Halloween costumes and branded t-shirts and backgrounds on our phones and video games. Like superheroes are everywhere these days. And I have a favorite superhero, that is Batman. (laughs) And none of the others matter, in my opinion, so. Now the one thing about superheroes that makes them compelling is they all have an origin story, right? You know what I'm talking about. Every good superhero has a compelling superhero origin story. And most of those stories are tragedies. Like almost all of them are actually. Um, Batman's parents, this is a lesson for some of you adults, were murdered. You should feel bad for Batman. Um, Spider-Man, he grew up without a mom and dad and lived with his aunt and uncle and then his uncle was murdered. It's all exciting. Um, Iron Man, Got into a terrible accident that almost took his life um the origin story is the thing that makes superheroes compelling for us and you see superheroes aren't the only ones with origin stories it's not just for the comics we all have stories about ourselves that help us understand who we are in the world. In our origin stories, they tell us what kind of people we think we are, what kind of value we think we have, all of that kind of stuff. And we filter an amazing amount of our lives through that story that we believe about ourselves. Um, When I was a kid, I grew up in a single wide 1960s rusty trailer and my parents were divorced very early on and I carried that with me for so long through my life. These two elements shaped my story, who I understood myself to be. And we all do this with our stories. We all have stories that help us understand who we are in the world right now, and the big question is, well, what's your story? What is your origin story? What is the narrative or the story you use so you can understand who you are right now and your value and your worth in this world right now and what you could potentially do in this world right now it's an incredibly important thing to pay attention to because it dictates so much of our lives that that story what is your story now this morning hopefully you feel this this morning is a holy moment for this church If you just look around, it's amazing to see how many of us actually showed up. It really is a work of the Spirit, I I might argue. It's amazing, actually. But for most of us, we carry around a story with us into this holy moment. And most of us, we have these stories that we carry with us and we even bring into this moment and those stories are filled with brokenness or failure or hurt or violation or some bad thing that happened to us. Our stories that we use to guide our lives look a lot like the tragedy of superheroes in so many ways, if you think about it. You know, for some of us, the story we may be bringing um, starts with you know what happened way early on in our lives. Perhaps you started even this morning, you're trying to hide your story that you're bringing into this space because this morning, maybe you walked in and you're not getting along with your spouse this morning. I won't do a raise of hands because that'd be awkward, but maybe that's <laughs> happening this morning. Or maybe this morning, you've got this guiding story that you're bringing into this space and that story includes your kids were a nightmare this morning. We're not gonna do a raise of hands for that one either, but it's probably true for some. Um, This morning, part of the story that we may be bringing in is work is not going well for us. And we're not sure if we're gonna have a job much longer. We're just really not sure what's happening with that. And we're carrying that into the space with us as well. And what we do in this space is we put on our Sunday best. And we hide our stories from each other. The stories that guide who we believe we are, our worth in this world. And we are come loaded with cliches. Like we show up and say hi to someone and we say, hey, the weather looks smoky this morning or something like that. How are you this week? I was busy. That's the answer, right? How's life? Good. It's good. It's all cliches. And we hide ourselves. But folks, this morning is an opportunity to step into a better story. A better story. We might use the, the, the term a holy story, according to our passage. See, the reason that holiness happens when the church gathers the way that we are this morning is because in this moment, we are given a new story, a better story, a biblical story, the story of God's holy people. This is a holy moment because in this moment, we're reminded that we are holy when we are together. Amen? Amen. Amen. The whole point of this awesome moment of being together on the East Lawn this morning is to remind us that there is a real truer story in our lives than the one that we carried with us from the parking lot here. Yeah, and the passage, it
0: starts with, you are a holy people. You are. Are a holy people. Now, that word holy on one level is kind of a familiar word. It's a word that we use all the time in our common language. We say things like holy cow or holy mackerel or holy moly or holy smoke. You know, it's a word that we use often. We'll even use the word holy followed by some kind of profanity. You know, it's just a word that we use all the time. And so, at one level, it's a familiar word. And then at another level, it really is a foreign word. What does it mean to be holy? We often think holy is describing something righteous. So if you are holy, you are righteous, and we will even use that in a negative sense, where we might describe someone with a holier than thou attitude. But the word holy really is not is not a synonym for righteous. The biblical word for holy literally means set apart. If you are holy, you are set apart. And if you are holy, you are set apart for God's purpose. Verse 6, you are a people holy to the Lord. A holy people isn't a group of righteous people. It's a group of set apart people. This passage doesn't just define what it means to be holy. It even actually paints a picture of holiness for us. If you follow along in the passage, in your Bibles, on your phone, or even if you have your song sheets, the passage is on your song sheets. But it says things like, you're a people holy to the Lord. The Lord has chosen you to be God's treasured possession. It says the Lord loves you. The Lord keeps his oath to you. The Lord has redeemed you. The Lord is your God. The Lord is faithful to you. What does it look like to be holy? It looks like being chosen and treasured and loved by God and redeemed and God being faithful to you and God keeping his promises to you and the Lord being our God. Notice that holiness is not about what we do, holiness is about what God does when he sets us apart. To be holy is a little bit like when we were kids on the playground for those of you who remember that, when we're picking teams for whatever comp, kickball or baseball, football, whatever competition you were. And most of us remember, at least my memory is, you know, being the one who didn't get picked or the last one picked or second to the last one picked, whatever it was. But every now and then, I got to be the captain, and I got to do the choosing of who's on my team. And I was excited if I was able to get certain people on my team. If I got Todd or Eric or Kevin or Max on my team, I was excited about it. I was pumped about it. Being holy is being picked by God. And God is excited to have you, to have us on his team. And holiness changes our identity John talked about origin stories. God has given us a new story to be a part of, God's story. God choosing us to be a part of his story. That is our holiness, and holiness is our identity. And so what are we going to do now?
2: That we are a part of God's story. You know, as Chuck said, um, holiness is something that God chooses. If you have your Bible a second, open up to the scripture passage. And then just take a look at verse 6. It's Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 6. And just listen to what it says. It says, For you are a people, what? Holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth to be his people, his treasured possession. You see, this holy people status It's not something that we work hard toward and then we gain for ourselves and then we can accomplish this baby, right? Like that's not what happens here in the passage. This is a status that when we are together, we are filled with the holiness that only comes from God. God gives it to you and God gives it to me. God gives it to us, even today. You are a people holy to the Lord. God makes that statement, it's a proclamation. You are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord God has chosen you this morning. God has chosen us, folks. Think about that one. We have not necessarily chosen him, but God has chosen you today. So what do we do with that? God says, you are my holy people. What is the proper thing to do with that? Well, if If we can't obtain holiness, we can't earn holiness, we can't make it happen on our own, we're really left with two responses that we can have. One is we can receive it. We can receive God's holiness. Thank you, God. And the second is we can respond to it. When God says in our passage that he has chosen us for holiness, our first thing we're called to do with that new reality is we're called to receive that new reality reality. Accept what God has given us. Receive the gift of God's holiness. And that sounds really simple, doesn't it? (laughs) Isn't it simple to receive God's holiness? You got it mastered at this point? Well, it is simple, but it's also, it's kind of hard too, isn't it? It's difficult to receive the holiness that God wants to bestow on us. Because in order to receive God's gift of holiness as a community. We have to let our own stories, our origin stories about ourselves go and stop letting them dictate our lives. All the things that shaped us into the people that we are, all the mistakes that we've made, all the guilt that we carry, all the bad stuff in our lives, but also all the good as well, right? We have to let go of all the things that we love about ourselves, all the things that we have accomplished for ourselves, all of our talents and giftings that we've cultivated for ourselves, all of our pride. We have to let all of that go to receive God's holiness. That's hard to do, don't you think? That's amazingly hard to do. Because in order to let go of all that, we have to let go of who we think we are and have trust in the Lord that the Lord has a better story for us. That's hard to do. Because I like having control personally. I don't know about you. you. have to trust God with that. You know, this morning for you, there might be an invitation hidden in there somewhere. And maybe the invitation from the Lord is, It's time to let it go. Like all that stuff I believe about myself, good, bad, and ugly, let it go and take on the holiness that is given to us in Christ. Maybe that's an invitation for you.
0: Holiness is that God has set us apart for his purposes. And that's our story. That's our identity. And after we receive that, accept it, we are called to live out that holiness. You know, if you were to read The rest of Deuteronomy 7, beyond just the passage we read, you would see a bunch of language dealing with following God's commands. Following God's commands. And it is vital to realize and important to remember that Deuteronomy 7 is not teaching us to follow God's commands in order to be holy. Deuteronomy 7 teaches that we follow God's commands because God has made us holy being set apart by God, being made holy, that is our identity, and so our identity defines how we live. As it says in 1 Corinthians 10, so whatever you do, whether you eat, drink, or whatever it is you do, do it all for the glory of God. Or in Colossians chapter 3, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Our holiness guides in what we do, in how we live, and it guides us in what we live for. We are set apart to live our lives for God. Gathering together as a community of faith, as we are doing right now, worshiping God together, we do all of this because it's who we are. It is key to our identity. It's why we have worked so hard these last six months, to equip all of us to gather whether in person or online to stay together as a community of faith because that is who we are. And when we receive this identity in faith as John just talked about, we respond to it, we live it out, and one of the first things we do in responding
2: to it is we're baptized. You know, the the whole point of baptism is to respond to what god has done in our lives it's a symbol of god's choosing us when folks are baptized think about this when folks are baptized they have to let someone else do the baptizing for them you couldn't this morning get up jump in the tank pop out and say boom baby i'm baptized we're done it's not how this works somebody else has to do that work for you it's a great symbol of the work that god has done for us in our lives. That's really the point of baptism. There's a num- there's another symbol of baptism as well. It's, it's the symbol of a new story. Um, the apostle Paul in the book of Romans talks about this in Romans 6, starting in verse 3. Just listen closely to this. Paul says this, he says, or don't you know that all of us who are baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Baptism, we put our origin stories to death for good and we take on the mantle of Christ, the truest story about us, that we are a holy people. And folks, there are those this morning that are gonna go do that. Anyone excited about that? What they're going to do is they're going to get in the water. They're going to go down in the water. They're going to come back out, and they're going to come out remembering that they have a new story in Jesus. It's the best news that could possibly happen here in a place like this. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to invite our folks up that are going to get baptized. They can head on over and hang out with Pastor Chuck a second, and then we're going to do some baptisms.
0: You ready? Baptism, it sets us apart it's a picture of God choosing us and us receiving that by faith, of saying yes to being on God's team. Um, it sets up, it sets us apart, and reminds us that we are set apart to one be a blessing. You know, Deuteronomy seven. There's also all sorts of blessing language, where again the Lord has chosen you to be God's treasured possession and. Loves you and keeps his oath and has redeemed you. And blessing, blessing is a way of spreading holiness. Blessing is a way of spreading holiness. Those who are set apart by God are blessed by God. But God does not bless us just to bless us. We are blessed by God to be a blessing to others. In Genesis 12, God blesses Abraham and says, All the people of the earth will be blessed through you. Our identity as the people of God gives us a purpose, and that purpose is to bless others. Blessing is a way of spreading holiness. God's kindness is intended to lead to repentance. Last month, TFRC held its second summer serve where we went to a neighborhood in Jerome to bless it through various service projects. And we did that because that's who we are. TFRC is a community of faith, made up of believers set apart by God, blessed by God, to be a blessing to our world, to our community. And Summer serve was just one way that we lived out our identity. And ultimately, we wanna lead others to Jesus.
2: Um. So blessed to be a blessing. Another way that we could say that is holy to spread holiness. Holy to spread holiness. We were made holy. We we were blessed, so that we could make that spread throughout the world. You know, holiness for the record should be far more contagious than COVID. Amen. Amen. Yeah, exactly. Holiness should spread way more quickly than any wildfires in California. Amen. It's exactly how it should be. Our calling, folks, is to bless the world and to spread God's holiness in the world. And the way that we do that is we share Jesus with the world around us. Now, to close, I wanted to share a story because there was a girl that just got baptized there. Her name is Lexi. And she's there. She was here this morning to be baptized for a reason. And the reason behind that was another girl, her friend, her friend named Danica. And one day, Danica invited Lexi to church. And then another day, Danica invited Lexi to church again and continued to invite Lexi to church. And one day Lexi said yes and said, okay, and then came to church, came to TFRC. And then Danica continued inviting Lexi to church. And Lexi continues to come to the point where one day she would take a Kids Connection class and profess Jesus as her Lord and Savior when she had never done that before. And it's all because Danica said, I want to spread the good news of Jesus to my friend Lexi. And she did. Isn't that amazing? Now imagine, imagine if we all were like Danica and we relentlessly invited folks into the new reality of the kingdom, into the new reality of God's holiness, into the gospel of Jesus. Uh, Look around you, there's a lot of people here. Imagine if it was doubled because that's what could happen, folks, if we took that call seriously, amen? So let's get out there and let's do it. Let's get to work just like Danica did. And maybe we'll baptize hundreds more people in the name of Jesus. Wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that be something?
0: Hey, I want to close in prayer. And then after we pray, we're going to worship a little more and then we're going to eat. Again, that's and we're going to eat together and that's all a part of our identity. All of it. Prayer, worship, hanging out together. It's a part of who we are. That's why we do that. So please pray with me. And Lord, we thank you for your great love for us. Lord, that you have called us and you have set us apart to be your people. And Lord, help us receive our identity in you. And Lord, open up our eyes, open up our ears, open up our hearts, so that we can live out who it is you say we are. And it's in the name of Jesus, our Lord, we pray. Amen.
2: So let me leave you with a blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord raise his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen, church.